Blog Talk Radio. How you doing? This is yours, truly the Gap 2 Guru of Gumbo, back at it once again into the Gumbo Talk Show. And I just want to say thank you to everybody that is listening, everybody that, you know, has a concern for themselves and even for their community enough to um, choose me sometimes for either advice or just a, a lended ear to bounce ideas off of. And I, I appreciate you for that because each and every person that watches this show or listens to this show, I'm depositing something in you, and I don't have the, the hope that it's going to come back. I don't have the, 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 the audacity to say it's coming back. I know it does. It may not come back from you, but the energy I put into people – I've learned that it comes back to me, and it may not come back directly through them, but it's because of the way this thing is set up. So we're just going to continue to try to do good. Um, Even if we can't do good, we're going to do better than we did before. So thank you for tuning in to the Gumbo Talk Show once again on this Thursday. What's today's date? Today is the 27th already of August. This is the last Thursday in August, and then we're moving into my month. I'm going to start, since I'm in the South now, I'm going to start living like everybody else and um, claim a birthday month of September. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's a song before we get started on the show. I wish I could play it, but through the copyright, I haven't learned how to do that. I think you can only play like a certain limit of it and you give credit or whatever. But do you remember the 21st night of September? Yeah. That song was written about me, and I want to tell y'all that anytime y'all want to bless me with gifts for my birthday, you can do that. Because again, next week is all birthday month, so my cash app is uh, East Mo East E A S T M O. If y'all want to hit me up, so I'd appreciate it. And you can give you can give more than a thousand. It's okay. You don't have to give under. It's okay for you to give more than a thousand. And we're going to leave it at that because I know you got it. I know you got it. So check this out. I am (laughs) excited once again. Today I didn't get as exhausted as I usually do before I get into the Gumbo Talk Show, and then all of a sudden I have this miraculous energy that I get to bring to y'all, and I only got it like moments before 8 o'clock. But today I actually was exhausted earlier in the day. I started listening to a new book. And it kind of invigorated me. So ever since, you know, mid-afternoon today, getting a little snippet of that book, I I felt energized and ready for tonight's show much earlier in advance than I normally do. So I hope you guys grab a seat and sit back because we're going to discuss what it is and how it could be with a view from another angle. And what I'm talking about is 
my aunt Dean always used to say these little things to me, and she said it to everybody, but it would be real slick, right? Real slick, and I'd be like, man, is she dissing me? I mean, is she talking down? And then after years go by, you get to understanding this country lingo is actually telling you a life lesson. So even the title of today's show, it's a southern thing to say this phrase, and it goes, and is better than nan. And what it means is anything is better than nothing, right? Because we have situations that we um, get into, and because of the way we got into it, we weren't uh, we weren't even supposed to come out um, even. We we weren't even supposed to even see deadlock even, but yet we get a little bit, and the 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 life lesson is anything is better than nothing because you could have had nothing. So be grateful for the little bit you have. Let me see if I can add a little volume to it. Yeah, let me see. I think I think that might do it, Wilbur. But um, the, the the point is, be grateful for what you have, even if you got a little bit. I um. Uh, I find myself saying this phrase in my head and sometimes verbally at some point every single day. And is better than that. Uh, and I'll tell it to some people, you know, they was expecting something. I was like, well, all you paid for is this. And you complaining because you didn't get a little extra or whatever. What are you talking about? And you have to tell them, you know, Ann is better than man. You know, you got what you came for. What are you trying to do? I wish some people knew that when they go to the boat, right? They know when to quit. But those country slang sayings, the lessons they brought, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't give you all the opportunity to learn some of them. There was another saying that has stuck with me for, let's see, 1994, 26 years? Yeah, it's been 26 years. No, that wasn't 94. That was, it might have been 91 when I first heard it, the summer of 91, um, 90-91. So that's almost 30 years ago. And I remember, no, no, I was 12, so that was, it was 90, 89, the summer of 89, 90, yeah, that's right, it was back, it was back then, but I was at this camp, and I was running my mouth, y'all, and I don't know if I ever even told y'all the story, but I was running my mouth, and it was a grown man, I was 12, I was running my mouth, too. Because, you know, that was around the age I got to really smell it myself. I was already into some high crime stuff um, that I ended up eventually getting arrested for uh, at the time, you know. So I was already involved with dealing with bad folks, 
as a youngster, as 12 years old, and handling myself. But I hadn't really had that experience in the South, in Baton Rouge. So I'm talking to this dude. This is a grown man. This is one of the camp uh, guides, whatever you call it at the camp. Um, the the What do you call them? The camp aides or whatever, you know, the person that looks after you in your group camp. Grown man, though, 20-something. I find myself talking cash noise with this cat. And then when my uh, my aunt, who was the camp director, uh, got involved, I'll never forget, I was still talking cash noise, and the dude hit me. He hit me in the mouth, right in front of the camp director, right in front of this other guy that was under her or working beside her. Um, it was at Eden, was it Eden Park? I can't remember the name of that park. Was it Eden Park? I think it was Eden Park. They had a pool, and the pool's gone now in Baton Rouge. And the guy, of course, lost his job, but my aunt, I felt disrespected me so bad, but she was 100% correct when she got on to me because I'm running my mouth to a grown man, and clearly she's there. She has my back. What do I have any business even talking anymore as a child? For me, I wasn't thinking like a child, right? Out of my out of my lane. Out of my lane. So after the guy hit me and they had to put him out, and I don't think anything else really happened to him. They had to let him go. Um, but I... I had a conversation with her, and the only thing I can remember about that conversation was, you know, you never let anybody know how dumb you are until you open your mouth. She's trying to say, because I open my mouth, I'm a dumbass. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm stupid because I open my mouth. And it was that that held on to me for so long. And then when I moved there permanently in 94, I remember her saying it again, but she said it like this. She said, you never let people know everything you know. So she said, you never have to let them know how smart you are about opening your mouth. And I was like, okay. This is the other piece to that puzzle. It was four years later before I heard it again, but in a different way, which balanced it out of a life lesson in that you never let anybody know how dumb you are until you open your mouth, and then you also let them know how smart you are if you open your mouth. And I was thinking, okay, why would both of those come in handy? Now, you got to remember, I'm young now. I, I, that was from when I was about 12 to when I was about 17. That, that was the, the difference there, 16, the difference in time frame. And I still had a young mind at the time, and the, the lessons really didn't hit me till in college about, you know, if you say something and you know you're talking out the side of your neck, but yet you're saying something in front of people who know how to get it done or will – handle you for saying something wrong for real, um, you you going to get messed up. It may not be physically, 
but people are going to take advantage of you because you said something and it was dumb, and they just figure that you're dumb, and they'll try to get over on you, and they probably will. And then I held on to that for so long, and then I finally heard the one about, okay, if you tell people how smart you are, they're going to try to rise up to your level. Or if you tell people how smart you are, they're going to try to outdo you the next time they see you or the next time you come together, and then you have to fight a battle not against wisdom and lack of knowledge, or ignorance, but more of a battle of people thinking that because you're so smart, they 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 want to be smarter than you, so they become smart asses because they learned what you know and tried to put something on it, but it wasn't organic. And I, I got all that because of the conversation. I tell you, I can't remember the whole conversation, but but when I look back at it and those two saying, you know, you never let anybody know how dumb you are until you open your mouth, and. You don't have to let people know how smart you are by opening your mouth. King soul full circle. But these are sayings that I never heard my mom and dad say. I know my dad says some country stuff, and, and my mom taught me a whole lot and still does to this day. But the, the thing of it is, uh, these country sayings, they hit different. They hit different. And if you haven't had the experience of, being in the South, if you're from the North, like the Midwest, where I'm from, or the East Coast, like New York and up there in Maine, maybe Virginia would here because they're kind of country in Virginia. I'll get it twisted. But up there, you know, the Northeast and then out West and Northwest, they don't get that slang like that. Now, maybe the people out West, because a lot of people move that direction, and maybe some people on the East Coast, but not like as a culture. You get these things on the everyday uh, happenstance. So I, I, I appreciate these things. Now, this one didn't come from my aunt, but I learned this one when I was in Natchitoches, old school cat, Mr. Morrell. Mr. Morrell is gone now. He was 80-something then in the, in the mid-'90s to late-'90s, and he lived next door to my my ace boon coon down here in the south in, in Shreveport, D. They lived, he lived right next door to him. And I'll never forget the first time I heard it, and it was 15 to get you 30. <laughs> and I said, well, I said, 15 to get you 30? 15 to get you 30. Now, this was in the context. Let me tell you what happened. So the story goes like this. We all used to hang out. We used to party big over there at the Brick House on Amulet Street in Nagas, right? We live back on Julia Street, and if you're from out that way, it's called the hole. We stayed in the hole where it just went down. It got real off in that dead end where close to where we were at. We were there. We were only two houses away, but it went down down there, right? Um, but around the corner, uh, uh, my partner and roommate, James, and, and by the way, it'll be his birthday before we go to another show. Happy birthday, James, in advance. Um, and we used to just party and hang out. And we'll never forget this guy came. And I can't even remember his name because, you know, one, people who fool with younger people, they have a special place in hell, I believe. But, but, but the main thing was he had this really young girl. Now, she could have been 17, 18 years old. She could have been 20, 22. But she looked like she was 14 or 15. And he did. She didn't get out the car, 
and he didn't make it too far. And Mr. Morell used to sit on his porch, right? It wasn't much of a porch. It was just steps up to his house. He was still on the steps. And I'll never forget, I was standing out there drinking. We was barbecuing right there in one of those small square pits. And the guy came over to us, and he started laughing, Mr. Morell. And Mr. Morell said, yeah, uh, 15. Let me, let me try to say it like Mr. Morell. 15, I'll get you started. And I looked at him. I'm flipping meat. I'm like, what the hell? And he said, yeah, 15, I'll get you started. <laughs> what the hell? And then the guy went on in the house and talked to, you know, and then he came back out and he left. And I was out there talking to Mr. Morell, and I was like, okay, now, the dude's gone. Mr. Mo, what, what, what does that mean? What is 15 to get to 30? He said, if you fooling around with a 15-year-old, you can expect to get 30 years in the penitentiary. I said, oh, 15 to get you 30. And so not that I ever, you know, had an inclination of whatsoever to fool with nobody, uh, even really like people my age. But when I see people, what's up, B? I see you, man. Thank Wilbert for the info. I just had to probably get close on this microphone. I forget these microphones. They block out sound, outside sound. And if you're not in the proximity of this thing, it doesn't pick you up. So, But um, I never <laughs> wavered on understanding that, hey, 15 will get you 30, okay? And when I see people, and you guys know, you ladies know, that's one of those big things in the community that, that um, and this goes for white, black, Latino, um, American Indian, Asian. There's always them guys that like young girls. And you, you have some people who don't know that these young girls may look like women, but they're young, that's when you tell a cat when he go over and he's trying to shoot a game and there's a lot of people in the big crowd and he said, oh, she's fine, I'm running over there. You tell them right quick, hey, bro, 15 to get you 30. Now, if they go on and pursue it after that, they on their own because they, they know now. They've been warned that that person is probably underage. And um, that is a great saying, great quote. 15 will get you 30 if you are around men. There's some guys that have, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that just for a second, y'all. There are some people, we know that there are women, but I'm, I, and I know some of these women that do like this. They, they're they're um, heartless. But the, but the bigger picture, the, the true essence, and I'm talking about guys now, is not the heartlessness. It's the reckless abandon of not being able to control yourself. And some guys, because they can more forcibly, like physically, overtake someone. And they can overtake women or they can overtake females or males and take their virginity or boogenity or whatever you want to call it. And we know they exist. Person unbeknownst that you know of 
plans on pursuing somebody that they don't know is younger than them, it's you. You're supposed to tell them. Now they can't possibly be your friend anymore if they keep pursuing somebody they find out is underage. But let, let's just call a spade a spade. If you fool with young people, there's something wrong with you. I was having this discussion. I, I didn't think I was going to bring it up today. It wasn't part of this show, but I had a discussion with two what I think are honorable brothers uh, yesterday. It was yesterday in my office or in my room. I was in my office. I keep 10 feet, right? I got barriers and everything. Um, but we were talking, and some of those points came up, and we were we were talking about how they do actually in military because we were talking about recruitment and how you know you got good leadership, bad leadership, and we, and we and we were clear to say that it's not just the military. And they got on to say you know religious institutions and this and that. And I said, hey, what about education? Education has a lot of sexual predators that go into that field because every year. The main profession that you hear of people fooling with these young kids, they, I don't care if they're seniors, they're children. I don't care if they're 18 and they're seniors, they're children, let alone you fooling around with some sophomores or, or juniors or freshmen or eighth or seventh graders. You know, you, you need your ass whooped, and then, you know, you got to figure out how to tar and feather you. I, I believe you got to get the business. Um. So I didn't want to snow over that 15 to get you 30 because it's, it's something that uh, some people need to be reminded of because I know people on the other side that were 18, 19 years old, and they were still in high school, and they were fooling with a sophomore, and they forgot that they – I don't know if they forgot, but – their minds are probably a little bit immature because they got held back a couple of years and they probably would have been gone, but you know, you're 18 and you're a junior and then you're fooling around with a, a 15 year old. That's a, a sophomore. Um, dude, that's statutory rate 15 to get you 30. So, there are some people that go into those situations. I've I, I told you about the young man who fooled with the little girl, and you know, that he ended up getting kidnapped, kind of, and all that. I had to pull back because there was some things that were wrong. I'm not going to get into no more detail on that. But I'm glad that the situation ended like it did, and uh, nobody got hurt too bad. Too bad. There were some lessons in that. But you cannot fool with young people, especially if you fool with minds and expect that there will be no repercussions, something. Um, God put me here to protect some things. And the angel of mercy isn't always a bomb. Let's say it like that. So 15 gets 30, not to gloss it over because sexual assault and especially uh, dudes that fool with young girls, and these older women that fool with young boys, and they create sexual predators. Um, they all hold a, a card in that, and so I don't want to gloss over that one, but it is real um, as a quote. So as, as we move on, over the years I've, I've heard 
so many different phrases, right? And one of the ones I like uh, on the flip side is, you know, you ever hear people when uh, they ask you, you know, how you doing? You get phrases back like, oh, I'm doing all right, you know, uh, I'm chopping in high cotton or, or whatever. Uh, those are all country slangs, right? But the one that really strikes me is, um, oh, man, ain't nothing stern but the water in the pot, but the beans in the pot, and they wouldn't be cooking if the water wasn't hot. Or, oh, ain't nothing shaking but the leaves in the trees, and they wouldn't be moving if it wasn't for the breeze. Those kind of things, y'all, you, you, you would – they come from the South, but you would only hear probably a pimp or something in the Midwest or on the West Coast using those phrases, which they probably got from their their early childhood or grandparents that are from the South, maybe even their parents probably that are from the South that used to use those fans. But, you know, ain't nothing cooking but the beans in the pot, and they wouldn't be cooking if the water wasn't hot. You know, you know when they ask you what's going on, you say, ain't nothing cooking. You know, ain't, ain't nothing, you know, ain't, ain't, ain't it shaking. You know, you, you just cut it down to that, right? You know, they say, what's going on, man? Ain't nothing cooking or ain't nothing shaking. But you can you can add on to it the full phrase is, ain't nothing shaking with the leaves and trees, and they wouldn't be shaking if it wasn't for the breeze. That is some country lingo that when you hear it, it just makes you feel good. I just, I, I'm amazed. Every day I wake up, I, I, I look around and I say, I'm in Texas. I, I had no inclination or desire to ever move to Texas all the way up until I moved to Texas. And for a long time after, but I was here and I wake up and I'm like, I'm in Texas. Now I wake up. And I'm like, I'm in Texas. Now, the politics is jacked up. The politics are horrible out here in East Texas. Especially. Politics are terrible, okay? But as far as the opportunities and the possibilities and the, the few people, not all of them, I was going to throw them people in there as a P. But I'm going to say, and, and the professionals, when there's some people on a professional level out here, they are bar none in, in certain crafts and fields. You cannot beat them in that field anywhere on the planet. And some of the things these folks do out here in Texas, the whole state, it's some, it's some inspiration around here, you know, of what people do with a little old machine shop. And then they get a little contract with a little oil field company that a guy that went to school with their older brother or their youngest uncle, their baby uncle, that that has an oil field business. And these guys, all of a sudden, they start manufacturing uh, gaskets or valves for this oil field company. These folks make almost as much money. Because them valves, the old ones, they're going to go bad or they're going to break or whatever, and they got to get replaced, and then you're constantly making new wells. The point I'm making is stuff is shaking and cooking 
out here. Y'all know I can go down a rabbit hole quick, but it's shaking and moving out here in Texas. And I believe if you come and you have a mindset of I'm going to make it somehow, even if it's not off of something in Texas, but make it because it makes it easier on you to be able to do whatever you want business-wise that's legal, um, easy. Even there's illegal businesses that do really well, really well out here. Ask the politicians. But the the fact that we have so much freedom and you don't have a hawk down your back when all you're trying to do is make an honest dollar, um, of course, they want their taxes and they get them. You know, we pay a lot of stuff in sales tax, but you can maneuver that with a nonprofit. You can, <laughs> everybody should have an LLC if you want one or a sole proprietorship if you're not really dealing with a whole lot of people that you could suffer damages from or like you're a third-party person. But, you know, you just get some errors and omissions insurance and then you'll be able to <clears throat> cover anything that goes on, maybe even legal shield. I don't know. And and But but what I'm trying to say is is that there's so many ways you can get um, maneuvered through the system and you're not getting over it. You get a business, you get a nonprofit, you get some property, right, in your name, and some vehicles. And you, you um, the more property you get, the less you pay in taxes. You know, I'm, I pay about $1,300 a year in taxes, somewhere around, I think, $1,300, 1400 maybe 1500 I think 1500 a year in taxes. And there are some people that pay 1500 Now, mind you, I live in the city on a lot in the city. But there are some people out there with ranches that's 200 no, I'm not going to say 200 I'm going to say maybe 75, 80 acres, and they're lucky if they pay that much in taxes. Because the school tax they got to pay if there's a school in the area or a college, you know that. But other than that, they don't pay much in taxes. You get a lot of tax write-offs for farms. Man, I can turn this show into a business. I can't give you all all the secrets. But the the thing of it is, when you got things cooking and you got things shaking, it it's a good thing. It, it's always a good thing. Now, other sayings. That, that I truly enjoy from Texans are, let me make sure I got this right volume. Y'all let me know, is that better? Did I, did I move the volume up? Did that help y'all? Let me know. I, I hate that the volume wasn't hitting right, and I didn't even check. That's one thing I didn't do. I said, you know what, I don't need to check my volumes. Hello? Testing. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think I think I think we're good. I don't know. But another 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 thing that I wanted to bring up tonight is, you know, when your um <laughs> gonna really do it big. And some people haven't heard this one. They say, I mean, you know what you're gonna hey man, that party that y'all can have, this one when we have boat party. And I heard this one from Tommy. I have to give Tommy credit. It didn't help any. It didn't help any. I don't know what I. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Duke, I just. I'm trying. It's always something with me. 
I'm glad y'all stick with me. I wonder if my phone, I got on this thing, my phone only has 17%. You know I was wrong. You know I was wrong. I'm down to nine now. But anyway, uh, the saying that I, what was the saying that I was getting at? Y'all know Duke threw me off. I wanted to check my phone to see if it was interfering or something with the value. Um, is it doing with cooking? In less, you know, in a little over three weeks, I'm going to be 43 years old. I'm not blaming anything on age. Um, oh, Tommy, thank you, dude. I, I got it now. I'm not blaming nothing on age, okay? Tommy, yeah, so we were throwing this boat party, right? And Tommy uh, used to say this thing. He's like, man, you know what you're going to do? Big? I said, man, I'm going to do it big. Bro. He said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put the big pot in the little pot. I don't know how to put the big pot <laughs> in the little pot, but I'm going to say this. When, whoever can put the big pot in the little pot, they doing something. There was either some pressure, there was some force, or there was some kind of maneuvering in order to get the big pot in the little pot. And ever since then, when somebody asked me if I'm going to go have a good time, which I do from time to time. I plan on doing it this weekend because it's my boy's birthday. He turned 43 on me. Or did he turn 44? No, he's he 43 um, the other day on the 26th. But when I get out there to the booth tomorrow, I'm going to try my best to put the big pot in the little pot. And if you understand what I'm saying, I'm saying I'm going to do it as big as possible, okay? Big pot in the little pot. Now, I, I, I was going to say this one. We might cut it short because <laughs> this one right here, this last one, I'm going to give you all as far as sayings, and then I'm going to go back and finish up with Ann's better than that But um, because I never really, we always talked about, you know, anything is better than nothing. But there's more to that. But um, one of the things about this last one, before I, before I close, I'm doing my Baptist thing. Before I close, um, people have a tendency to get all uptight, especially about uh, sexual stuff because they act like they don't have it or they've never had it, or, or politics or race. And folks have a hard time um, maneuvering, if you will, navigating comments that might be related to those, those types of topics. Me, I've never 
never really had a problem. I don't say certain things in front of my mother, and that's why that's a good thing that my mom is always on. Unless it's one of them topics, she's like, oh, no, I'm not listening to that. <laughs> like we talk about relationships and sex and stuff, she's not going to be on that. She don't really hear that. I got a true mom. She's not going to listen to everything. You know, like, no, that show isn't, isn't for me. But uh, there are, what's up, D? There he is, the birthday boy. Um, the, <laughs> the the folks that get, I might not even, I might not even save it. I might have to say this one <laughs> for another time. I'm just going to cut that one out. But we're going to get back to this, the topic of the show. For those of y'all that just got on, thank you. But back at the top, and is better than that. Anything is better than nothing is a true Louisiana, South Louisiana saying. I, I had the blessing of being able to live on two coasts, or two different um, cultures of the country, now three because Texas is different than any place else in the world. I thought Louisiana was different than any place else in the world, um, and I thought Illinois was the only one. Oh, no, Mom, you don't have to get off. Don't she playing? <laughs> you don't have to get off. I never, I never thought that the South would bring me so much joy in knowing that I'm in a place um, that uh, people truly love you. I, I told you all this, especially – after my whole episode back in May, um, I, I, I mean, it, it solidified the fact that there's no love like the love you get in the South. And so as far as Anne is better than Nan, if, if you're in a relationship and you feel like, you know, it's um, you're settling for something, but yet you, you know you have those moments of happiness because Maybe right now you don't have what you thought you should have at this point in life, or you made some mistakes and you know that you should be doing better, but you know what you did that got in the way of you getting there. If your if your partner, if the person you're in a relationship with is somebody that you can trust, then know this. Know that um, and is better than that. If every two weeks your money gets spent somewhere around Sunday, Friday is payday, but a friend comes through and says, hey, girl, would you help me with this party? I give you a hundred dollars. It's on Sunday night. Like who has a party on Sunday night? But remember, you ran out of money on Sunday, and you make a hundred dollars. You already got groceries, you got gas, but you gonna need a little money. Things happen between Monday and Friday or payday. So when you have people that come through that you didn't expect to come through. But God said that his seed would never have to beg for bread. You got an opportunity. And guess what that opportunity was? 
And better than that, whenever you have the tendency to think that you are better than somebody because of what you got or how you got what you got, and you look at yourself as I'm I'm better than. Not that you're better off than, but you're better than you're the next man because they don't have a car like yours or they don't have a house as big as yours or their wife or, 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 or your, yeah, their wife isn't as pretty as your wife or, you know, their kids are going to the schools that your kids are going to. Roll yourself down here, a steep into some water. Let it be cold water that it might wake them up. Because what you're doing with your $10,000 a month income or somewhere near that versus what they're doing with 1000 to $1,500 a month income doesn't even compare. Because they learn how to make ends meet. They know what to do with their money. They're not running out, and they haven't done any frivolous spending on unnecessary things that are only creature comforts at the end of the day. And they have 1000 to $1,500 coming in, which is more than some other people that don't have nothing coming in. They live in literally hour to hour, hoping and praying that, you know, a little crumb falls out of the mouth of the crow as it flies by. You need to tell yourself when you begin to think when you begin to think like that, that what they got and is better than that. Because they could be worse off. And you, my friend, could be worse off. So if you always think like, you know, anything is better than nothing. I know it may sound like you're settling, but you're not. Everything is a growing experience. And life is all about growth. It's growth all the way up until the moment you don't grow anymore, and that's when you die, when you don't have the ability to expand. Now, you may be able to expand in spirit at that point, but as it stands, upon death, what you've done is what you've done in the flesh and blood that you had when it was your time to walk the earth. Now, having said that, and is better than and, all those other sayings, great, great things. I'm appreciative to the ancestors for giving us those tidbits of game every time we got it to, to, to help us understand ourselves better than what we did prior to. I'm thankful to my Aunt Dean who gave me a new outlook on life when I was a young man and ushered me into the South. That was my gateway to the South from a very early age up to when I moved here permanently. And uh, not to shortchange my Uncle Ron, because he was impactful too. His house is his household. But I'm grateful to my Aunt Dean for helping me to, to grow my horizons, understanding the lingo and the language of the South. <laughs>
That being said, y'all, I want to say, finally, 